Hey everyone, I am Priya Sachdeva and you are listening to Trending Diary the podcast. Your journey to connect with ideas, stories, experiences and people starts now. I am delighted to introduce you our next guest, Lindsay Adams. Lindsay is a relationship marketing specialist who works with business owners and sales people to create better business relationships and ultimately more sales led to the more money. He is an accomplished conference speaker and trainer and works around the world. Lindsay has an amazing speaking record. He is an Australian Hall of Fame speaker, a certified speaking professional. Also, he is a past national president and life member of Professional Speakers Australia. Lindsay was a 2009 to 2010 president of Global Speakers Federation, the umbrella group that spans the worldwide speaking industry. So, Lindsay is the only speaker in the world to be recognized by his country's government for his services to the professional speaking industry. Lindsay Adams is here today to share with us the tips and the ideas for purposeful business relationship. Quite excited to have an amazing chat with Lindsay. Tune in. It's really a pleasure to have you on the show first of all. And yeah, that that's a quite a career of speaking industry. I mean, it's commendable you have had in the professional speaking industry so how did you get started as a speaker be i as a listener or my listener really like want to listen it yeah so i've had an interesting background i worked for 23 years for government in australia and mm-hmm. uh i i went on a manager development program i was working in the australian taxation office and i went on a manager development program and it was a uh, quite a program we started off with a one week residential at uh, at a resort north of brisbane where i live uh and then we had a three month work placement and an action learning project uh we then had another one week uh at a at a resort near byron bay which is a couple of hours south in a beautiful spot um some more learning um and then another three months placement in a different job action learning project and then uh, a week on stradbroke island which is uh, an island just off the coast here in another beautiful location uh and at the end of the first day on that particular retreat uh the facilitator we had three different facilitators so a new guy at the end of the day he says okay we're done um dinner's at 7 lindsay have you got a minute and i went to him and i said uh, how can i help and he said uh, what are you doing here you don't fit you're not like these people and what he did pre was he held up a mirror for me and helped me understand i was in the wrong job you see i was an auditor in the tax office in those days i was a i had a team of auditors working for me and um he helped me understand that i'm actually i'm a people person i'm not i'm not an auditor and it didn't happen mm-hmm. overnight but it did happen i moved out of audit and i moved sideways into training and from there i learnt uh i taught graduates how to how to become auditors for the first 12 months and then i branched out into more and more generalist hr stuff and um you know that's where i i started learning my skill as a as a speaker as a trainer and uh so i um uh i left the tax office and went to uh queensland health i stayed there for a very short time i was the training and development manager for sunshine coast regional health looked after three hospitals 4000 staff 
left there, went to Brisbane City Council. So going through the three levels of government here in Australia, Commonwealth, state, local, uh, worked in local government for five years, uh, ended up as one of their senior uh, HR people. And I left them in the year 2000 to start my own business. And, and how that happened was, um, that was interesting as well, because I, I'd done a coach training program with an organization mm -hmm. called Coach U. And I had a coach at the time, uh, and it was September 1999. She said to me, Lindsay, you've been dabbling in speaking, coaching, consulting. When are you going to get serious and do one of them? And, um, you know, I hate questions like that. I went away and I thought about it. And I went back and I said, okay, I'll tell you what I'm going to do. 1st of January 2000, I'll begin work permanent part-time for Brisbane City Council. And I will... Uh, work for myself two days a week and I'll work for government three days a week. Well, interestingly, by, by March, I knew it was going to work. By May, work was getting in the way of my business. And so I handed in my resignation and our new financial year starts on the 1st of July. So 1st of July, the year 2000, I started full-time in my business. And here I am uh, 20 years later, still going strong. Amazing, amazing. That, that's quite a career that's quite a journey from a tech speaker to a great speaker yeah. amazing <laughs> indeed so Lindsay, you are known around the world as a relationship guy so how did that came about yeah that it's interesting um when i when i started my business i i mm -hmm. focused in i did a lot of team building and i i started uh, i created a company called teamocracy and I traded under that name for, for many, many years. And, and I morphed into um, a manager development and leadership training. And then I, um, uh, I bought a, uh, uh, a franchise business where I taught business owners and salespeople how to do business by referral. Now, uh, I eventually got out of that. And I, I looked around and thought, well, what am I going to do next? And what's the one thing that underpins those three activities is relationships. And so think about it. If you want to work in a team, you've got to be in relationship with the people in the team. If you want to be a good leader, you've got to be in relationship with your people. And if you want right. to sell or, or get referrals, we're going to have to be in relationship with your client or your prospect. And so exactly. I began teaching relationship-based selling leadership teamwork. And a friend of mine said to me one day, you know, Lindsay, you're the relationships guy. You, you do relationships really well. And, and I said, sorry, sorry, what, what did you say? They said, you're the relationships guy. And I went, I love that. And so <laughs> I, I went and, uh, you know, went online, Googled it. Uh, all of the URLs was available. No one else was calling themselves the relationships guy. So, um, hey, presto, here I am today. I'm known around the world as the relationships guy. And when you think about it, everything relationships make the world go round so um yeah interesting story yeah exactly even i agree on this point that relationships are really really important in business and in your personal life in fact as i'm growing up i'm really realizing the importance of having good relationship effective yeah. relationship in one's life exactly absolutely so Lindsay, you have also written a book about relationships uh, known to be the DNA of business relationships, how to engage in expanded energized relationships. 
in the book you have your how you built your own house by relationship yeah. so more about it well uh, the house i live in today is the house i built myself uh, and mm-hmm. where are we today is the 5th of november on the 11th of november this month we'll have lived in this house 29 years and i built that house uh, with my 70 year old apprentice my dad and mm-hmm. uh, we Everybody who came on site was either known to me, so I was already in relationship with them, or um, I was introduced to them by a trusted relationship. So, so I, I decided to write this book. I, I started. I, I created a speech about it, and then um, I decided to write a book um, based on my experiences of building the house. And, you know, mm-hmm. I had some amazing things happen to me during the course of, of the construction of the house. At the time, my kids were little. I have a daughter and a son. Um, now, my daughter and my son have left home and uh, my son and my daughter has a little boy. He's four years old. My son has two little girls, three and nine months. Um, but, but then they were six and four. And um, mm-hmm. it's a long time ago. Uh, but... So I worked in the tax office uh, and, I, and I traveled a lot. I got on a plane one day, I was flying to Canberra. I used to, Canberra's our nation's capital. And of course the head of the, you know, the tax office is down there. So I used to go there quite a bit. And um, I got on this plane, I sat beside this guy and me being me, you know, I've, I've always been into relationships. I, start, I strike up a conversation with the guy sitting beside me. And I said, um, you know, the usual stuff, hello, how are you? What do you do? And he said, oh, I'm the state sales manager for Austral Bricks. And I said, Bricks? And then I told him a story about I'm going to build my own house. And we just got talking. We talked all things bricks, how you make them, you know, how they're formed, how they sell them, how popular some are, some aren't, you know, all sorts of stuff. We had a lovely conversation. It was a two-hour flight. When the plane landed, we all stood up and this guy reached into the overhead locker, took out his briefcase, opened it up and gave me a business card. And he said, Lindsay, when you're ready, call me. Now, Priya, I had this, you know, that silly look came over my face, like, call me for what? And he said, bricks, when you're ready to buy your bricks, call me, I'll look after you. So I went home and I told my wife this story and she went, wow, how about that, you know? And so we, we looked at their range of bricks. I called the guy. We, we chose a brick that we thought we could afford. I went to see him with my wife and we said, um, you know, look, this is the brick we think we like to build with. And he went, oh, no, no, Lindsay, you don't want that brick. You want this brick. Well, the problem was this brick was the most expensive brick in the whole range and it was way out of our price bracket. And I said, oh, look, we, we just can't afford that brick. And he looked at me with the biggest grin on his face and he said, I said I would look after you, didn't I? Now, here's where it gets really interesting, Priya. We got those bricks, I swear, at cost price. They were so cheap, cheaper than the ones we were going to buy. And now, why did that happen? And I started to think about this. Why did he do that for me? And it was, it went back to our conversation. And so... What was so special about that conversation? And I began to unpack that and other experiences I had. So my, my little boy was in kindergarten at the time. And one, I was down at the kindergarten one night. Uh, one of the dads came to me and he said, oh, Lindsay, I hear you're building your own house. I said, yeah, that's right. 
And he said, uh, oh, great. Well, um, what sort of roof are you putting on? I said, oh, I'm doing uh, corrugated iron. He goes, great. When are you ready, call me. And I looked at him, that mm-hmm. same strange look, and he said, you do know I deliver roofing iron for a living. Well, I didn't. Now, it turns out this guy, his daughter and my son were best friends and they played together every day at kindergarten. Now, maybe maybe my son paved the way, but um, he sold me my roofing iron um, for less than, I, I don't know, I swear it fell off the back of the factory. But anyway, it was a really good deal. So time and time again, I had these experiences and I, I thought, I've got, to, I've got to write about this and share my message. So, um, you know, that's, that's when I started on the book. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Now, this is something one, in, when individuals can adapt in their personal life because we generally strike with such kind of situations. So this is so powerful indeed. Okay, so Lindsay, tell us more about the book. What's the first thing we must do to get into relationship quickly? if we meet someone else for the first time means because somewhere we don't have so much time to engage with people, but sometimes we say now the first sight is the first expression is everything. So how we can came across with such kind of thing that we can engage people, we can appeal that person. So how can we came about this thing? Yeah, it's interesting. And a good question Priya. Thank you. Um, The first point I make in the book is that when you go to a function, You've got to listen Mm -hmm. more and talk less. You know, you've got to really focus on the other person. Like this is the most important conversation you're having today. You see, what happens? We go to these functions and people really don't listen. And I don't know whether this has ever happened to you, but I've been to many a function where you're talking to someone and they're not looking at you. They're looking over your shoulder to see who else is in the room, who else could they be talking to or what other interesting things are going on. So they're only half listening. So you've really got to focus on the other person um, 100%. So that, that's the first key. Mm-hmm. Okay. So, so Lindsay, that's, that's quite interesting. But if it's my case, I'll share some personal incidents of mine. I have been to many functions and tilted the conversation with people that don't really seem very much interested for the first meet or something like they are in their own world or something like that. Yeah. So, so in that case, what happened next? What, how can we approach that person? Yeah, I think what we have to do is find out what's the common ground. What do we have in common with these other people that makes it mm-hmm. comfortable for them to talk to us? You know, when we, when we meet someone for the first time, we don't really know a whole lot about them. And so mm-hmm. uh, we've got to find out something that we can talk about. And so, uh, you know, I, I like to use what I call clever questions or open-ended questions. And so mm-hmm. instead of saying, um, how are you? And, you know, someone can say, fine, thank you. That's kind of a closed-end question. Well, what we could say is, uh, uh, how did you come to attend this meeting today? Um, do you know the host or how do you know the host? Uh, you know, mm-hmm. so got to find something we can find, talk about that we have in common. Now, of course, it's easy. Mm-hmm. If, you're, if you're a parent, you can talk about your kids. You could talk about the weather. You can talk about sport. You can talk about food. There are so many simple things that we can talk about. So often at a function, there'll be 
some some things to nibble on, some coffee, some tea, you know, some soft drinks, whatever. Um, and so you can say, wow, this coffee's nice. Oh, that food was lovely. Um, you know, so there's there's lots of things to talk about if we think about it. So, um, and the other thing is asking the clever question where we open up the conversation and get them to do the talking. And so uh, here's the real secret. If we can get them to talk more than we can, they will leave the conversation thinking to themselves, wow, what a lovely person that, you know, Priya, Lindsay Adams, whatever is, and really, all we did was got them talking. Now, if we think about the 80-20 rule, the Pareto principle, um, you know, we ask ask an open-ended question and get them to fill in the blanks. And that that's the clever questioning technique. Exactly. I, indeed, I really like the idea of clever questions. And I agree that getting the other person talking makes the conversation so much easier. And even makes other people so much important. They feel so important for yeah. themselves. Yeah, yes, like we are valuing them. So that's that's great. <laughs> this is something I'm really going to adapt and uh, in my next conversation for sure. <laughs> that's Excellent. amazing. Excellent. So, so where do we go from here, Lindsay? So the next thing that I talk about in the book mm -hmm. is um, is the PS, uh, a small act of positive service. Now. Think about this. Uh, I, I was attending a conference in America. Um, it was last year now. I haven't been haven't been travelling too much this year for some reason, uh, because of COVID, of course. Um, anyway, I was in a conference in America last year, uh, and you know what it's like. You go to a conference at lunchtime. You line up at the buffet, and so I got to the head of the queue, and there's a big pile of plates. And I took a plate for myself and I picked up another plate and I turned to the person behind me and I read his name badge and it was Stan. And I said, hello, Stan, I'm Lindsay. Here's a plate for you. And Stan was like, whoa, he, he was quite surprised that I didn't just take one and move on. I actually gave him a plate. Now, Stan and I collected food and filled our plates and then we went and sat together and we talked about, you know, some common ground stuff. We talked about the, the speaker just that had been on before lunch at the conference. We talked about what we'd learned about, um, you know, what we were going to do as a result of that. And, you know, the more I talked to Stan, the more I found we had in common. And here's where it gets really interesting. Stan has become one of my second best friends for life. He, I have an open invitation <laughs> next time I'm in his um, hometown in America. Uh, he's invited me to come and stay at his house. Uh, now, think about this for a sec. What was the catalyst that created that relationship? It was simply the small act of positive service by passing him a plate. Now, of course, exactly. now that COVID's here, we wouldn't be allowed to do that anymore. But anyway, let's not go there. Um, just think about this from a, a, a holistic point of view. Um, think about what could you do as a small act of positive service after you've met someone so that you become uh, thoroughly memorable to them. And so um, think about uh, maybe you would send them a handwritten note. Um, now, uh, here's a challenge for your listeners. How many handwritten notes have you received in the last 30 days? Not too many, I'll bet. And so why not send that? I haven't received one. 
Not a single one. Not a single one. There we go. Um, <laughs> Not yet. And so, so think about this. What about after you've met mm-hmm. someone, send them a handwritten note? In mm-hmm. fact, I have a little, I've got postcards made up. They, they fit neatly into an envelope here in Australia, a DL-sized envelope. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I write a quick note, uh, you know, dear Stan, lovely to share lunch with you. Um, looking forward to visiting soon. Kind regards, Lindsay. It's all it has to be, a couple mm-hmm. of sentences. But the impact that makes mm-hmm. when it arrives on the other person's desk or in their in their letterbox, um, you stand out and you will become memorable. Now, maybe um, you might have been talking about an article. Uh, I was talking about um, I'm writing my next book at the minute, um, and it's all about um, understanding people again. Um, and uh, mm-hmm. I was talking it over with a friend of mine in the US, and he sent me an article um, the next day, he said, Lindsay, I was reading this and thought of you. Well, well, this will be good research for your book. And I went, whoa. And so how hard is it to do that? So send a handwritten note. Maybe send them an article. Maybe send them a book. If you've written a book, send them a copy of your book. Um, just do whatever mm-hmm. you said you were going to do. Uh, or if you didn't mm-hmm. say you were going to do anything, then do something to surprise them that will have them thinking, wow, uh, you know, what a joyful meeting that was. Okay. Exactly. I mean, even I really uh, find the handwritten note idea quite appealing. You don't see many of them anymore that will surely make you stand out yeah. among the and, crowd. And this is something, again, I'm really going to adapt you know, in my life. Yeah, and, and good for you. And you know what? If you don't want to do a handwritten note, that's okay. Sending an email is just as nice, but it's not as unique. Mm-hmm. So, Lindsay, I want to ask, though, how does this help us to get more business and even set a positive connection in long term? Because somewhere I felt this whole purpose of having very good relationship is somewhere led to having effective businesses too. So how can we came about that thing from a journey of having a good relationship to the having effective business with each other or a positive connection in the longer term? Yeah, I think the thing we have to remember here is that we go, we go to networking functions and we have to network first and do business second. A lot of people mm-hmm. make the mistake of going, thinking they're going to sell something that day. That is never the way it's going to work. We have to do relationship first and business mm-hmm. second. And so I, I went to a Chamber of Commerce meeting recently and I, I watched this woman come in the room and she put a, a marketing flyer on every breakfast plate And then she went around to everyone in the room and shook hands, introduced herself and said, do you have a card? And then so she came to me and said, hello, I'm Shirley. Have you got a card? And I gave her my card. And then she disappeared. And then an hour after the meeting, I got an email. Hi, it's Shirley here. It was so nice to meet you at the Chamber of Commerce meeting. Here's my weekly special. How much did you want to order? Now, there was no attempt at relationship. And I wouldn't do business with anyone like that. So we've got to establish a relationship. So here's what I do. Um, after I've gone through the process, you know, I've, I've listened more, talked less. I've found some common ground. I've done, maybe done a small act of positive service. I'd say something like, you know, I think we could help each other in business. Um, would you be interested in having a cup of tea or coffee in the next week or so so that we can discuss that? So all I've mm-hmm. said is I want to help them. I didn't say, let's meet so I can sell you stuff. Um, And, you know, helping them could be selling them my products. But maybe Mm -hmm. 
maybe I could refer them on to someone else who could help them. I don't know. I keep an open mind with this stuff because maybe I can help them. Maybe they can help me. Anyway, um, generally they would say yes, no, or maybe. Uh, and then if they say yes, well, I go, oh, great. Look, um, have you got your, your diary and your phone? Let's, let's make a quick time now. Or maybe um, I'll call you later today to book a time in your diary. Now, when I'm, when I'm talking with people at a networking function, I'm thinking, could I do business with them or could someone in my key four do business with them? And let me just explain this key four concept. Have a look at your hand and I want you to visualize your thumb. That's you. And there are four other people. That's the key four. And these key four people, and they're going to be the key to unlock referral business for you. Now, those four people, the palm of your hand is your target market. Um, and those four people share the same target market with you, but do not compete with you. And so uh, let, let me go with a simple example. I teach um, networking and referral marketing skills. I've got a friend who teaches sales. I've got a friend who teaches um, teamwork. I've got a friend who teaches leadership. I've got a friend um, who teaches, you know, unique communication skills. We can all refer business to each other because we don't compete and yet we can work with the same people. And so mm -hmm. think about, I want, this is a challenge for you and your, and your listeners is to think about who could I have in my key for uh, that, that would help me generate more business. And so whenever I'm networking, I usually like to take someone from my key four with me so we can work together um, and we work off each other at the networking function. So I'm thinking, can I do business or could I refer this person to one of my key four? And this is a concept I spend a lot of time on in the book. Um, you know, so it's a simple yet powerful concept and it works. It really works. Indeed. I, I personally found it really, really effective actually. And, but this is something until unless you are going to try it in your own life, you really don't know the benefits of it. But besides that, Lindsay, I'm also curious to know, this is something you have talked about when we are going for some physical relation, you know, physical relation in the sense when we are going to meet someone or having some meeting. But nowadays, because of COVID, you can say uh, we are moving a lot of things into the virtual things. So whether we can have it a Zoom meeting or we are like pitching someone yeah. through email or through LinkedIn, or something like that. Go with such kind of influence for the first time when we are pitching someone through a message box or something like that. Yeah, so, I mean, we, we certainly are working in a different world now and mm -hmm. uh, a lot of my networking has gone online. And, mm -hmm. uh, and I do, um, you know, I do keep in touch with quite a network around the world. And with the advent of Zoom, um, Skype and many other platforms, there is, it's so easy to keep in touch and we can do it for free. That's the best bit for free. Um, and so, uh, you know, I'm a great believer in staying in touch and, uh, and, and maintain. And I think, and that's one of the reasons I've earned the, you know, the title, the relationships guide. Exactly. Yeah. So Lindsay, wrapping it up and before allowing you to go and get back to your world, uh, I'm also curious with one question that I generally ask to everyone who came to the podcast. So what is the one trend that you really want to see more evolving in the new world? 
means this is the one thing that you really want to get get more embraced in people in the world anything so what's that um <clears throat> that that one thing for me would be service uh i'm i'm privileged and honored to have received an award here in australia called the order of australia medal it's one of our highest honors for service to the professional speaking industry and you know i joined my industry body professional speakers australia uh gee was it was 22 years ago and when i joined one of the older members took me under his wing and he guided me on the path and and he helped me get going and and that's something that i i've modeled his behavior and i've helped and served others in my local association and now believe it or not there are six the national president the international the global speakers federation and i have served i have served my industry um consistently across the world for the last 20 years and i think if we all served others we would create a better world so think about what's that small act of positive service that you could do for someone else and go and do it this elicited this thing this is so powerful actually this thing even remind me of a very amazing quote by oprah winfrey where she said like not everyone can be famous probably not everyone can be famous but everyone can be great by the act of a service so <laughs> yeah, like yeah exactly exactly like we all have to do something great in our own world so it's important to be a person of service exactly thank you lince thank you so much for coming on the show this has been most enlightening conversation so simple yet so powerful i can see that whatever you have shared would definitely work for anyone anywhere i appreciate that you have came with one invite Thank you thank you so much for for coming and sharing wonderful insight with listeners. It's been a pleasure to be here and uh and to be of service to your listeners.